are listening to Abilene Community Theater's Third Stage. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. This is Jed. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever time of day it is, wherever you are, whenever you happen to be listening. Welcome to ACT's Third Stage Podcast. What follows is audio from our very first ever live recording of the Third Stage Podcast, which we did as part of our participation in Abilene Gives, which is a fundraising event, a 24-hour online fundraising event put on by the Community Foundation of Abilene, and it's directed to uh, benefit local area nonprofit organizations of which we are one. I won't go into that in too much depth because we actually talk about it in the show for the first few minutes and because Abilene Gives is over now. So, But I will say that uh, we had a set a goal of $5,000 to re- uh, renovate our lobby out there, which is dated and old and, you know, You've been to the theater, you've seen the lobby, you know what it looks like. And uh, you showed up for us, Abilene, once again. We've participated in this event uh, twice now in the two years that it has run, and both times you have come out for us and shown us just incredible amounts of support and generosity. And thanks to you, we hit our goal, we went a little over our goal, and so we will be getting a new lobby which we are super excited about we're super excited to show you what we've got in store there and uh, what we've got in store at act just in general we have big plans in for both the near and distant future we've got a lot going on so without further ado i will get into the audio Uh, my co-hosts for the night were theater volunteers tim chip sarah bird and tyler sparks Uh, sam wasn't able to join us unfortunately because Abilene Gives this year happened to land on the one day of week, which um, where Sam and I work, there is one day a week that is very incredibly busy. And Abilene Gives uh, just this year happened to coincide with that. So Sam, unfortunately, was not able to join us. Um, this was a Q&A episode. We had you, the listeners, send in questions about the theater and our involvement with the theater and et cetera, et cetera. You sent in a lot of, you sent in a lot of great questions. But we talked a lot more than we thought we were going to and only got to about four of the questions. So maybe I will talk to Sam about doing another Q&A uh, sometime soon, getting to the rest of those questions, doing kind of a follow-up epilogue to this episode. Because this one is supersized. Our episodes are normally about 20 minutes, half an hour. This one is very nearly an hour. So sit back. Uh, it's a little glitchy at a couple of points because we were Facebook live, living at the same time. So I apologize for a couple of spots there. But overall, it's a very good episode. I'm very satisfied with it, and I really enjoyed it. So I think we will make it a tradition for Abilene Gives going forward. And I have talked for far too long. Here's the episode. Hello, everyone. Hello. Good morning. It's nighttime now. I guess that's the most effective. Um, this is our first ever live episode of ACT's third stage podcast. We're coming to you from the still in construction yeah. set for No Room for a Picture on the Blank Wall, which we'll talk about some tonight. Um, I am Jed. I am t- Together we are Jed and Tim. Sometimes. Right. Well, not always. No. No, sometimes. And oh, oh, who is this coming down the hallway towards us? There's a, a, a slight ginger woman. Yes. Yes. Who, who cares deeply about, <laughs> about bringing ACT. me water. Oh, and bringing Tim water. I am very thirsty. Introduce yourself. They know who we are. Hi, I am Sarah. 
but together we are Jed and Tim and Sarah. Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> we did establish that it was only a, a, a temporary thing. Like we don't all, we're not always, that's not always our identity. Oh, oh yes. But, uh, uh, the alternate identities that we have. Right. So we are here in the final push of Abilene Gives, and so far it's been a uh, wonderful day for us, which is completely 100% thanks to all of you who have donated very kindly to this theater and uh, helped us towards our goal of facelifting that uh, dated, broken old lobby out there. Yes. Um, yeah, we need new carpets. Yes, our goal is $5,000, and last checked we were at... What was the number last time you looked? Forty-three. Forty-three. $4,300. So nice. we are we are about $700 short of the goal. Um, so every $10 donation helps. Every mm -hmm. $30 donation helps. Every $1,000 donation <laughs> that definitely really helps. helps. Yeah. Yeah. And if, so. you, if you are not able to donate right now, then please feel free to share our... Uh, posts yeah. with your friends and we have a little bit uh i think two months left to go in the campaign yep. so i'll uh, be running till midnight you can uh donate online go to abilene gives all one word dot org and there we will be and you can just select uh the abilene community theater and every little tiny bit helps uh make sure have, have fun in the future. Yes. Because that's the point. Yes. Um, you've seen stories all day of people who, uh, of various volunteers and members of the theater who have told you about what the theater means to them and what it, how they got started here. And that's one of the things that we'll eventually get to tonight. We have been advertising for the past couple of weeks for you to send in questions to us to, so that we would answer them live. And that's what this show would be. You might not get to all of them. Right. <laughs> Some but we have your questions answer. right here. See, there's some questions there. And We uh, did not make these up. No. I promise. Yeah, these were sent in by real people with inquiring minds, which we all know about inquiring minds. They're on Facebook. Well, I was going to say they want to know, but they probably are on Facebook. That's yes. true. That's, that is more accurate, more timely. Does the National Enquirer still publish anymore? I don't know if I've even seen it on... I don't know. I yeah like possibly. I don't yeah. Well, so question number one. Right, we've got uh, we've got some questions about the theater in general, and we've got some questions about our next upcoming show, which is no room for a picture on the blank wall. And so we will talk about all of those things over the course of this session. All right, starting from the top, this is probably one of the heaviest questions, actually. How and why did you get involved at ACT? Do you want to just start at that end and go this way? Sure. Okay, so with me then. Um, so I uh, growing up in uh, middle school, actually, Mr. Radcliffe, who is now the theater director at Cooper, was my uh, middle school theater teacher. And he was the one who really sparked my interest in theater. And I wanted to carry on with doing theater in high school. But with my schedule, I had the option of either doing theater or doing color guard. 
and I made the decision to stick with doing color guard at the time. And as time went on, I always wondered what would have happened if I did theater instead. And so at college, I hung out with a lot of people who were in the theater program. And I really was wanting to get back into it. So whenever I came back to Abilene, my friend Tyler, who is sitting over here. Yeah, Tyler's just watching hi, us without Tyler. participating. Come Tyler. say hi, Tyler. Hey. Hi. Tyler's here too. So Tyler um, was telling me about coming shows and he said just come audition for one and so there was a show coming up called you're a good man charlie brown and he was like just go and try out there's no harm in it so i went to the audition and i found out the audition physical yes <laughs> that I, it was. Yes, yes. Yeah. I am not a singing person but I did try out for it I was terrified at singing in front of people and um, I did get the part of the pretty little redheaded girl probably because I'm a redhead wait what I know it's shocking what? I don't know um, yeah so this I, time I, thought I was did a get a did you part. know I know yeah. You, okay. Well. Yeah. So I. I did, she is my girlfriend, though. So I did. Well, then I guess you have to know these. Guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I, I, I got a part, yeah. and I just fell in love and stayed with it ever since then. Yeah, you you were real. You're kind of a permanent fixture after that. Yeah, I I did become a very permanent fixture because it re-sparked my interest, and I just I couldn't leave after I got into it. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. Wonderful story. Tag, you're it. <laughs> okay. Tyler, so, now that you're up here, I'm going to make you answer too. So, but, uh, <laughs> Tim. <laughs> so, so I started, uh, started with improv comedy, um, just playing around, uh, making stuff up. And as I was in improv, uh, where I grew up, I was, uh, doing it in Buffalo, New York, which is where I'm from. Uh, I moved down to Abilene in 2014 because I have a job uh, with the Abilene Reporter News. And when I got here, one of the things that I was promised, um, I, I was promised an opportunity to uh, perform with wonderful people at the community theater. And it saved me from running back home with Bill between legs, um, being able to uh, participate. First thing I ever did was act on stage in a one-act production that was written and directed by Chase Webster, who used to be uh, here in Abilene. Uh, he has since moved to Arlington. Um, I actually he I was, spent some time with Chase just this last weekend. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And uh, he wrote and directed his own one act, which inspired me, um, since I'm more of a writer than an actor, it inspired me to write my own one act. Yeah. And um, 
wave hi to her. <laughs> Goodness, Tyler. <laughs> acknowledge your mother. She's on Facebook. Fine. Right now. I will vocally acknowledge you, mother. <laughs> we're keeping hi, him in Mrs. line. Sparks. Yeah, we're we're. He's in good hands. So, so we uh, we decided last year, last summer actually, uh, to do a second edition of the Night of One Axe. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was able to get my show that I wrote uh, to be produced here on stage. And that was, uh, that's pretty much been, uh, in terms of my achievements here at the, at the theater and, and why I'm still involved, uh, uh, being able to do my own thing, uh, really, that, that was it. I've done three, and all of them have been smaller parts. So I mean, I, I'm not really uh, trying to get on stage to to act. Uh, I'm I'm much more um, I'm much more interested in writing and and how it works. What are you saying, Kendra? She said, "Woot woot, speed dating, baby." Yeah. Oh, because Kendra, show. yes, you were yes, in that Kendra show. Kendra was in my show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a fun story also that uh that the next show after Sarah's first show, Your Good Man Charlie Brown, was the live radio play of It's a Wonderful Life, which Tim and I were both in. Yep. Another person who was in that show was my mom, Sarah's mother, which is also because I, as I understand, you've told it before that that um I, she was very like, oh no, I'm I not going to. I blackmailed her into trying out. Yes. I told her um, she could not go over to my apartment if she did not go and audition. <laughs> oh. And uh, I told her, I was like, well, you cannot come over and visit me unless you go to auditions. And she liked to come over and visit me a lot. And so I was like, no, you, you are no longer allowed to come to my apartment if you do not go to auditions. I was like, you must send me a picture from the auditions to prove that you are there. <laughs> You have to send me a picture of your audition form. You have to send me a picture that you are at the auditions and I have to have proof that you went and you auditioned. And so I blackmailed her into going to the audition. What's the point? I'm not going to get a part. She did. And then the cast list got posted and I screenshot and sent it to her. I was like, so what was that, Mom? <laughs> you aren't, you aren't going to get a part? What was that? <laughs> also really good was all through that show. But she kept telling me and Tim and everybody else that like, well, it's been fun to be on stage this one time, but I've got it out of my system now. I probably won't be trying out for any more shows. Yes. And, yeah, and we all, and show. we all, okay. Okay, sure. Bobby. And then she got this and then she like, was in, lead role. Yeah. And then she was the lead in this season's opener or one of the two leads in this season's opener ripcord, which was directed which by Tyler. Tyler. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> but it's fun, actually, that, that uh, Tim and I actually both knew your mom before we knew you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, Tyler, I'll have you answer now. How and why did you get involved at this particular theater? Okay. Long story. Try to make it short. Yeah, we're already at 12 minutes. Okay. Yeah, if you're going to be long story, forget it. I don't want to know. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I'm kidding. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> tell us, tell us, tell us. Uh, so... Fifth grade, my music teacher and homeroom teacher wrote a grant uh, for a drama club at my elementary school, and I was part of the inaugural uh, class. Shout out to Jane Long. 
from there, I did uh, shows in, or I took theater in seventh and eighth grade, did Guys and Dolls, first musical, fantastic. I uh, was involved all four years of high school. I had to take a break uh, the first year trying to get adjusted. And then uh, my mom, actually, thank you, mom, by the way, told me that they were going to do auditions at the community theater for the uh, first annual Bob and Peggy Cummings Memorial Show. Bob and Peggy were pretty big in the theater scene here in Africa. Every year we do a show to kind of honor their legacy. Um, I auditioned for a part in Everyman, got a part, and have been involved almost nonstop since then. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about it today and realized that with the exception of doubt, I've been involved in pretty much every show this season. Yeah. Just at some way or another. Yeah. Mind boggling. <laughs> so I guess what is wrong with you? I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> is it really punishment if you enjoy it? I mean, yes, yes, yes. it is. It's just, the, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just that your perception of the punishment is different. Exactly. Sure. So are you participating in this, Jed? Oh, yeah, 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 totally. So give us your five-second rundown because we're running out of time. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, I came and I auditioned. I was in a show. It was great. All right. Next question. No, um, <laughs> I, it was about – we just actually hit my three years here. I, um, I, came, I started theater in high school, and it – saved my high school experience it was a uh, uh, world changing for me and kept meaning to come get involved this was at the time uh, when ACT and ART were still both functioning and so I was going to come up here and get involved I had some friends at ART saw some shows over in the round building and um, and then I just never did for whatever reason uh, anxiety is probably the most likely culprit for why it, that kept happening, but uh, my dear who has ties to the theater and was up here, she was uh, involved with uh, one of the shows in the same Night of One Acts that you were in Chase's show. She was in Superhero Support Group, which, I was uh, in with her. which you were in with her, which was directed by my da now dear friend Stacy Love. And... Um, at the same time as that show was going on, uh, Crimes of the Heart was the main stage show that was uh, getting ready to have auditions. And Marlo just, Marlo texted my wife, and then my wife texted me and said, hey, do you want to go audition for a play? I was like, yeah, okay. And it was just the kind of, it was, this was like 17 years after I graduated high school, and it was like, Something said, "Yes, this is. It's time to do this. You've been talking about doing it. This is time. It's time now." And so I did, and I got up on stage to do. She, uh, one of the things that Mike, who was the director of that show, had us do for auditions was get up on stage and tell a joke, um, as straight faced as you can, so that be able to deliver comedic things without breaking yourself up. And I told uh, one of my mom's favorite jokes, uh, which is also special to me because she had just passed a few years before and that joke has taken on new significance for me now. Yeah. See, Kendra, you were in that show too. Yeah, exactly. It was, that's how I met Kendra. That's, um, but we, 
I got up on the stage and told that joke, and my daughters, who were about three and two at the time, something like that, both ran up here and joined me on stage and were dancing around. And, uh, yeah, they were both just up there, like, la, 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 uh, right in the middle of my audition. Um, and they relish to this day every chance they have to come up here and get on the stage and run around and see whatever we're building. But um, <clears throat> I left that thinking there's no way I got a part. But I convinced myself to come up here and audition for more things. And then, you know, surprise, Mike called me and did want to offer me a part. And um, I'm I... here. <laughs> woo Yeah. I spent most of that show that Kendra is actually, I think one of the first people at ACT that I bonded with over that show. We were talking about uh, Henry VIII and his legacy of dead wives. And uh, from there on, we, we hit it on and became friends and we would hang out backstage talking. And uh, so Kendra, you were probably my first ACT friend. Way to go, Kendra. Yeah. yeah. How about that? Um, and then from there on, I, I got a little frustrated with the what was passing his marketing efforts at that time. And so I kind of strong-armed my way into that. And, <laughs> You're so glad you did. And, nothing, nothing like a little frustration. <laughs> right. And, and since then, I have been involved with the, the backstage runnings of the theater, been working with the marketing team, been doing uh, myself and my wife and my regular co-host of this show, Sam Weaver, are have been doing most of the graphic design for the theater, and uh, in conjunction with other committees, just um, as as a part of the backstage yeah. management of the theater, and it's it has given me new life, and um, it came at a time in my life when I very desperately needed it, and so ACT has become a very important. Um, a second family and a second home. Awesome. Yeah. So we spent a good long time just answering that one question. So uh, for so our I'll Facebook Live viewers, uh, just one more time to remind you. <laughs> yes. Uh, we are doing this Facebook Live to help uh, raise some money for Abilene Community Theater. Uh, through Abilene Gives, you go online to abilenegives, all one word, dot org. Um, and you can run a search there for Abilene Community Theater. Help us raise some money, uh, do some donations. Yeah, we're after um, $5,000 to refit our, our old dated lobby. And we are so close. We're very close so to our close. goal. We're, we're in the final push. So close. Yeah, giving ins at midnight. Tell your friends. Yes, tell all of them. Share this video with your friends. <laughs> Let so them know. We'll give a, a couple more questions since, we, like I said, we don't want to if we go through all these questions, we'll be here for several hours. All, all the, a lot of these questions we'll probably won't have as long of an answer as that. But um, that was a very detailed answer. Yes. Um, storytellers tell stories. Right. Well, that's do what. We? Yeah. Yes, Sarah. We Is that do. what storytellers what? do? Didn't you know? No. Well, now you know. The more you know. Da 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 da. <laughs> we. Uh, <laughs> What's next on stage? Oh, we, oh. we answered that one already. We did actually talk a little yeah. bit about. But let's talk a little bit Tyler, more about that. Show. Tyler can talk a little bit about that. So, uh, next show is no room for a picture on the blank wall. I'm AD. The great Mike Stevens is directing. Uh, also, assistant. I'm on crew, so I will be involved, but I haven't been there yet. So, mm. you need to come. 
good stuff. Yes. Um, I'm on audience. I plan on watching that because it's going to be an absolutely fantastic uh, display. This is a show by a local author, Mr. David Remshell. Yes. Shout out to David and Tasha and their brand new baby. Did he help write the show? Well, of course he did. From the womb. Amazing. From like best ideas come from the womb. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, the, those new baby brain cells. They exactly. they they have great material. This is true. Uh, so no room for a picture <laughs> on a blank wall is a story about Peter Bunther, this like really famous photographer, pretty successful, and. Uh, his journey through Alzheimer's. And there are some really cool things that we do with the set that I don't want to give away too much just yet. Hi, Stacy. Um, and it is one of the most powerful pieces of theater that I've had the fortune to read and see. Uh, I read one of the earlier drafts of the scripts and obviously I've read the published version. Uh, also, fun fact, ACT is the first uh, theater group to perform this since it was published. And uh, we're only like the third or fourth performance in general, aren't yeah. we? Uh, excluding one act versions that have been done a couple like third or fourth maybe. Yeah. Uh, it is bring Kleenex, bring Kleenex, like by the end of the first act, you will probably be bawling. It is. I have wept just telling people about this show. It's yeah. a show about Alzheimer's. If you don't yeah. come prepared, it's on you. Yeah, seriously, we've given you plenty of fair warnings, so... It'll make you feel things. Yes. Yes, most definitely. Next question. Okay, uh, what what is your favorite stage role and why? Oh. All right, so we started at my end last time. Let's start at your end. Oh, dang. Uh, um, yeah, I know. Oh, gosh. Um... I don't mind. Two of my favorites, um, Lloyd in Noises Off, because that's one of the first times I played... A, that, like, that show doesn't have a direct villain. It's just a bunch of clueless people who are kind of jerks. But <laughs> as far as that show goes, he's... I, I, that's the closest I've come to playing the villain. Because uh, I got to be a real, real a-hole, to her in particular actually, <laughs> in that show. Uh, which, and she it was did just a fight lot of fun. back a little. Oh, my gosh. And that got, like, cheers every single night. Every night. Every too. single night. When she finally stood up to you, everyone was just like, finally! That was such a, that was such a <laughs> beloved audience moment that we put it on the T-shirt. Yes, I <laughs> And, know. in fact, there's a sticker on the back of this computer that says, what's that, Dad? I want that sticker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you of all the people who don't have a I know, I don't have a Oh, the irony. Yes. Um, one of my other favorite roles was the role of Berald in um, The Imaginary Invalid in high school. Which is, ah, uh, see, Stacy's all calling me a jerk. Stacy was, you, me, and Stacy were a bit of a triangle in that show. Yep. It was, uh, yes, it was quite messy. Well, it, it wasn't really because there wasn't really anything between me and Stacy. Right. It was you two competing over me, though, and me yeah. playing both sides. True. It was. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, in Imaginary Invalid, my role was kind of the opposite of that. I was a uh, very, I was, I was the, I don't know how to describe it. I was the, the 
the one facilitating the mischief. It's about a, a, a man who is a hypochondriac and has a particular penchant for enemas. Oh! And yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's Moliere at his finest. Um, but Brandy, oh, Brandy, you may, you may remember this, this show, The Imaginary Invalid, that we did in high school my senior year. Um, but I, I, I led the rest of the family and the uh, household servants in uh, subterfuge and mockery and rebellion against the lead character. And it was, it was uh, farcical and silly and a lot of fun. So, Tim, what about you? I have two just like you. Right. Um, my first favorite is... Yeah. Uh, yay. <laughs> uh, my, my first favorite is the first time that I ever had a lead role, which was Chase Webster's one act that I talked about earlier. Um, the Pigeon with Green Peas. Or, except, or was the title actually the French title? or the was fr it, the it was the French okay. title of the painting by Picasso. Um, Chase was brilliant and... I not once in the three performances that we did did I ever say every word that he wrote down. Um, <laughs> there were a couple times where it was because I was interrupted before I should have been, but that's neither here nor there. Um, that character's name was Mike, and he was uh, a con artist. And for me, one of the best parts about that that role was uh, there was. And I got thrown over a couch a little bit bigger than the one that we were currently sitting on um, and landed on the ground. And like full somersaults rolling over the couch, uh, that was fun. And uh, I actually have a martial arts background. Um, so I was able to use some of that training, uh, learning how to fall. Um, so that I don't hit my head or <laughs> break my leg. Um, but I was, I was thrown over the couch and that was, that was memorable. Um, my other memorable part uh, was uh, my character from It's a Wonderful Life. That I was One of your nine characters. With, with, with Jed, it was playing a voice actor and the voice actor character of mine, uh, he was designed to be uh, basically the catch-all. So if there was a voice that the director needed to be done that nobody else could do, it was me, Your my character. Jazzbo. Jazzbo, Harry Jazzbo. That's right. Um, but I will say my, my reason for choosing it, um, Jazzbo will forever live in my heart because it was my introduction to Jed. was. And... Uh, Stacy Smith. Um, that's kind of how you entered. Uh, like that's how you entered the theater, but also kind of how you entered our yeah. circle of friends. Yeah. Um, we did outside of acting on stage related to the show. Um, several of them got filmed and put on YouTube. Yes. Mm. Um, several of them that aren't related to the show that were that were made have yet to be put on YouTube. Jed. <laughs> well, there's there's a there's a whole discussion we're gonna have. About but we've that. got we've got some but, some stuff that uh, we filmed that I am particularly proud of, yeah. and also particularly scared of. Yes. Um, some of it's really good. Some of it is cringeworthy. Ooh, ooh, 
we'll, we'll, we'll not talk about that stuff. Um, but that to me, that was the most memorable stuff that I've, that I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Blame me too. <laughs> I mean, well, no, I don't blame you, Stacy. There's, yeah, there's, 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 there's a do. whole lot, there's they a whole, there's a whole lot to I go do. into there, which, which we will at some point. But, um, I was actually, um, uh, he's talking about, uh, our performance of a wonderful life. We did the radio play version. So we all played voice actors at a radio station in 1947 who were in turn putting on a production of it's a wonderful life. And so we all came up with backstories for our characters and romances and all this weird thing at the radio station and you can go on YouTube and find four little mini-sodes that we filmed that uh, outlined the drama happening at KACT, AM radio. They've, they've been up for three years, and yeah. I think the only people that have watched them have been the people that were in them. Oh, I no, no, them. no. They, they, they're they they're actually some of the highest viewed videos. On I, I watched them. <laughs> I know what I'm doing when I get home. Yeah. Oh, they, they are. But what, I, well, and my thing is I, I rewatched them today because now I, I – I want to go, that's something I intend to do with this upcoming Other season shows. is to start getting yeah. back into using video production and stuff to add to the experience of our shows and the marketing of our shows and everything else. So Tyler finally got smart 30 minutes into our, uh, yeah. Because my we're, knees are dead. Yeah. So Tyler, how, what is your answer to this question? Uh, so I'm going to follow suit and do two. Uh, All right, we're going to take up so much time that, Sarah, you only get half of an answer. Yep. You only get so. to say the character's name. Yep. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry about you. That's what you okay, go ahead. So I'm going to do this down here because I don't want it to be on the screen. Uh, so <laughs> Sarah then my... stands up with a 40-minute monologue about her favorite. <laughs> my entire speech. Meanwhile, that. Tyler has Details of every character I've ever played. Tyler, were you yeah. trying to say something? Um, Maybe. Just, just a <laughs> Okay, go uh, One of my absolute favorite roles I ever did was uh, Aid Warren from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, so Aid Warren is one of the two henchmen of Nurse Ratchet, for, uh, who's the, the villain of the, the show. So it was fun to play somebody who was kind of the opposite of me. Uh, I tend to be more reserved. Uh, more compassionate, and this character was definitely not that. Uh, <laughs> in your face, angry, abusive. Um, so it was, it was interesting to kind of try to get outside of myself for that. And then my other favorite role was probably uh, Beethoven from Doxy's God, which I did at another theater. Uh, Beethoven. I thought you meant Beethoven the Saint Bernard, like you. <laughs> well, I mean, that actually that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> anyway, uh, Wolf. Wolf. Squirrel. Uh, Beethoven. I mean, Doxy's God is basically all of the Peanuts characters in high school. Beethoven is uh, Schroeder. And at this point in his development, he is uh, pretty openly gay and is being bullied by another one of the main characters. And it, it's probably the closest I've ever come to playing myself on stage. Uh, and it's just a really well-written script and one of my favorite shows. 
I like I, it's. I like that you uh, your two picks are the character that's the most far from you, and then the character that is most. Yeah. That was not my intention. I but knew, it turns out pretty interesting, I though. I knew yeah. you were going to pick Beethoven, though. Mm-hmm. I knew you were going to. Yep. Okay, so my turn. Yes. Um, so, again, two. Um, so the first one was a very non... It's not like a normal play, quote-unquote, uh, but it's from the Rocky Horror Picture Show Shadowcast from whenever I got to play Brad Majors because we did a gender-flipped version um, I ended the show by breaking my foot. I remember that. It, uh, I still loved that performance overall. Uh, if I had the chance to play Brad again, I would jump at it. There is no hesitation. Would you jump to the left? And a step to the right, of yes. <laughs> um, without a doubt. Um, playing Brad just was so much fun and out of all of the characters that I have played in the Horror Shadow Cat, that one was my favorite more than any other character that I have been. Um, I don't know why. It's just... He's just a lot of fun to play. He is. And it's he gets a lot of hate and... It just is a lot of fun, like the costume changes you do, like all the stuff, and like the way he changes as a character throughout the movie. He's just a lot of fun to play. And so, and especially doing it as a gender flipped version was just a lot of fun to do. Um, and the other one was from Noises Off, the same as Judd's was, and it was Brooke slash Vicky. So, Brooke is her actor and Vicky is her character because it is a play within a play. Um, Brooke was very ditzy and thought she was a phenomenal actress. (laughs) But when she was Vicky, she was very over the top and all these stupid. (laughs) And so everything she would do when she was Vicky was just awful. So I would have to act like I was bad at acting. So I would walk into a room and just be like, wow, look at all these doors. And just carry out the lines really long. And it was great just like listening to the audience's reactions. Because it was one of like my first lines when I walked out. People didn't get that I was supposed to be doing it bad at first because it was right off the bat I was bad acting and they were just like I think the point oh god it's awful when they started to pick up on it was when when like when you're like I've got to go over here now instead of walking over here I'm going to prance and then they realized what you were doing exactly (laughs) and so there was like a moment like a little bit into the play when people started realizing and they're like oh it's intentional gotcha and at that moment I loved Mm -hmm. when that moment would hit was my favorite And um, like Jed was saying earlier, there's that moment when he was just yelling at me and my character got to get in his face and yell back. Like she's she's having trouble with a line 
and it's late at night and we just want to go home. So I get in her face. I say some really snide things to her. And then like this far from her face, I just scream in her face the, what I'm trying to get her to say. And she runs off the stage crying. And then later she comes back to me. And the way that when, when you just shouted that back at me, that people cheered for you every night. Oh, it yeah. was so exciting. Every night. Oh, and yeah. then for some reason, both the characters I picked, I did spend a lot of time walking around in a lot of lingerie. That's true. Not yeah. intentional, but <laughs> it is a common theme with both characters. <laughs> that is true. So, okay. I don't know. But uh, comment down below with what your favorite character is and why. Stacy's already jumped the gun and did it. So, great job, Stacy. Stacy's favorite Zora Block from, uh, from Inspecting, Inspecting Carol. 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 She got the unique chance to play her twice. And, oh, God, wonderful life because she got to say, every time a bell rings, an, an angel, angel gets its wings. wings. Ooh, Gavin says we oh. are 306. $360 away from our goal, and we've yes. got about an hour and a half left until, oh, yeah. until it all closes say, up. So, did point out whenever I was, um, whenever I oh, played Brooke, right. I took a phone cord to the chest. Yes, he did. I did. So, also another Because, well, uh, yeah, that phone cord snapped and just slapped you across another, the chest. Another similarity with both the characters I picked. I did get injured with both, <laughs> both the characters times. I picked. And so. Gavin's, oh, yeah. Favorite Ga character was Rudy. Rudy from the uh, from Over the Tavern and King of the Moon. Yes. yes. Which and I, I was thinking about that show again today, Gavin, because I was actually making uh, promos and artwork using some of the photos from our old shows, and I spent a lot of time just looking at photos from Over the Tavern, and just remembering what a phenomenal show that was and what a phenomenal show King of the Moon was and how much I really want to see the Pazinski family again because those shows were both so incredibly good. Oh, yeah. We're going to bring it full circle. That show takes place in Buffalo, New York, which is where I'm from. Which is where Tim is from. Yeah. In fact, uh, for Over the Tavern, didn't they bring you in to do some vocal? <laughs> <laughs> for about 15 seconds. Yes. And then <laughs> it didn't happen. It turned out I'm a very bad uh, <laughs> dialect coach. Uh, that's not something I'm going to add to my uh, resume. So uh, we do have one question here uh, that I wanted to get to before we ran out of time. Um, because uh, No Room for a Picture on a Blank Wall is written by a local playwright, uh, somebody asked us on Facebook, uh, how can other local playwrights submit or uh, work with us? Yes. Um, so that play is a special thing. Um, the person who's directing it for us, Mike Stevens, is a personal friend of David Remschel. Uh, they both work together at McMurray. And uh, that situation... Well, well it's, it's not necessarily that. Because, it's, um, because Mike has definitely been harping on that show because that show is so stirring. Yeah. But um, what I would say for as far as... We aren't opposed to doing local shows or local um, work. It's my suggestion would be, however, to not just randomly like we will get every now and then we'll get emails. That's just some random playwright. We don't know. Just sending us a script. Yeah. And, uh, I, I wouldn't do that because we have a certain time period when we're picking our season. Uh, and next season is, uh, I'm, 
is already picked in the season after that we have some plans for because of uh what i mean we'll go into that when we're talking about that season that's a ways away but um a good way to submit might be one x the one x which yeah. is which is what i was going to say mm-hmm. submit when there will be uh if if it's done again which there's talk yes we we have we yeah we do we definitely have plans for a night of returning there's an open call and it which will, is what yeah. i did that's how i got that's my show his, done and and the show for sure you were in here was, was like you said a <laughs> one a one act from, well. and it was written by somebody here in abilene uh this theater has at least in recent years has developed a <laughs> uh very nice uh i guess uh, reputation of yeah. taking care of the people that uh, that want to stretch their their limits. Yeah, one of one of the things that we don't talk about as much, and we want to talk about more, is that ACT is very much a, a teaching theater. The and that's one way that we may be using a night of one acts in the future is a uh, first time directors might have more leeway there, and um yeah. and first time playwrights, and in fact, in the future, uh. Not this year, but in the future, Night of One Acts may very much become that, become a showcase for people who have written original work. As it should. Yeah. So. And along those same lines, how is it different performing, or in our case, my case, uh, a piece that's written by somebody <laughs> locally? And I will say, uh, directing your own writing is... <laughs> uh, it's challenging and it's fun because you get to find out what works on stage and what doesn't work on stage as you're doing it. Um, yeah. I'd never done it before. A lot of changes were made. And my Night of One Acts uh, production uh, experiments in speed dating, that was an interesting just process of learning when to do things and when not to do things, when less is more and when more is less and just like that script, that script was tighter at the end of the show than it was at the beginning of the show. It was, it was, it was, it was what really worked for me, I think is that I took a, I took an approach of listening to the actors about how they felt the character that I wrote would deliver a line and several lines got changed based on the actor's, that were performing the role and their suggestions, um, their mannerisms on stage, how they approached everything. Um, they just, everybody just did a fantastic job making the characters their own. And it really, it, it, I think that's the part that worked the most for me as the writer and as the director, um, just making sure that uh, they understood that their input was uh, very much appreciated. So um, coming from Tyler's standpoint with working with one that's been a bit more, it's gone through a lot more changes already. How does that feel? Um, I think so far the changes have only improved the script. Uh, there was one character that in early drafts came across as um what's the word i'm looking for 
cold. Cold. That that is a good word. Very cold and almost shrewish. Um, that is not what the playwright ever intended. That's not how the character should have been played. In the published version, she is much softer and warmer and everything that she says and does is coming out of her love for these two people who are basically her parents. Uh, it's the daughter-in-law for the main character and his wife. And just seeing the differences between the two versions was pretty fantastic, I think. I think the thing that has has me kind of fascinated about doing uh, No Room is that, like, this is the f first show that, I mean, I, in other times, you know, before my time, there have been shows written by local authors and everything. But since me coming here, this is the first show that we will mount that the author is going to see it. Yep. Yeah. Like, that we're going to do something for the author of their work. Uh, it was a different experience doing... Uh, experiments in speed dating, which I, w I uh, AD'd for Tim, but that was me working on on the thing uh, uh, with you. It was a different experience than having the author of the show just come in after we've worked on it and see what we did, you know, whereas uh, that was the author was very involved with the process from the start. So it's interesting to me. Uh, the closest I think that I've ever seen that come is like uh, when we did over the tavern and king of the moon tom dudzik emailed us a couple of times for when his shows are going up in places but i'm really fascinated by the idea that that we're going to actually perform this work for the author of the show i think that's and he's been in constant contact with uh, mike the director throughout this entire process giving suggestions and just the entire time he's been over the moon excited about the show and the more I think about us doing it for the author the more I get nervous about it and <laughs> it, it's gonna be good all right um, well it's getting pretty close to time to wrap up we've been doing this for a while so um, the last question I think we'll answer is how do people get involved at the theater and that is to Show up. Show, Show up. up. Like, um, keep an eye on all of our social media and our website. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at ACT Abilene in both places. Um, but audition announcements will be in all of those places, and any other thing that we're doing will be in those places. And um, like I said, you come in and audition. We are a teaching theater. We are auditions are open to the public. You don't have to have had experience to be on stage necessarily we yeah. and there are most directors actually look for that mm -hmm. and there are so many other places you can be if on stage is not your thing we need people backstage we need people serving on committees we need people working house with percent volunteer run so if you are interested in getting involved in theater in some way or another then we want you so, um, and then for your children, we've also got the Center for Theater Education next door. They have two semesters uh, a month, a fall semester, a spring semester, and we're looking at doing another summer camp. Uh, last year was the first time we did the summer camp. That's usually 
children ages 8 to 15. And they're actually, this weekend, they'll be, we'll be seeing the performance of the spring semester class. They're doing a night of comedy on oh. Friday and Saturday night. Tickets to that are $5. Um, okay. And then in the fall, later on, we'll have information about their summer camp program and uh, about their fall semester and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that is, I think that'll wrap it up for us. One last time, we're in the final push. So, yeah. We're in the, we're just about an hour and 15 minutes left in Abilene Gives. Go to abilenegives.org and uh, even just a, a gift as small as $10 helps us out and you, Abilene, have already, as I've said before, made this day wonderful for us. You have turned out and showed us great generosity, and we have nothing but gratitude yeah. for you. you. 62 donations so far, according to the most up-to-date, which is a live look. Mm -hmm. 62 donations for the Abilene Community Theater. And what is our total right uh, Online, now? our total is $4,435. We also have cash, cash donations that have been made to the theater during the day. Um, but, We're very uh, close to our goal. Yeah. So if you're listening to this uh, podcast when it goes up online later, uh, hopefully we'll be able <laughs> to uh, uh, update you with, uh, yay, we met our goal because people donated in the last hour. Ooh. Right, everybody on Facebook? Come on. All right. Come on. We love you so all. Close. Thank you so much. Thank you so very much. And do your outro. We don't really have an outro. We just kind of say, all right, bye. And then I fade out and I edit in some appropriate music of some sort. You can't edit in a live video. Yeah, not really. No, but I can do that with the audio later when I put it up on the... So for Bye. this, we just have to unceremoniously... And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our very first live episode of ACT's third stage podcast. Uh, like I said, it, audio was a little bit glitchy in a couple of points. Um, we're still learning the ropes, so we'll get that corrected. So hopefully in future live episodes, it won't be that way. We'll have a much more clean, fresh audio feed. But we really hope that you enjoyed listening to this as much as we enjoyed doing it. And like I said, uh, maybe Sam and I will get back together for another Q&A follow-up episode since we didn't get to nearly all the questions that you uh, submitted to us. And But for now, that's it. We'll be signing off. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for the support and generosity you showed to ACT during Abilene Gives 2018. Thank you so very, very much. Like we say, this theater is 100% volunteer run. So that means that the community is the heart of this theater. And we love you and we appreciate it. We couldn't, we do this for you and we are able to do this because of you. Thank you very much. So for now, this is Jed signing off. Thank you for listening. Music this week was provided by Ketza and Jazar. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.